When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Most people hate Mondays. I don't mind them. I just had a wonderful weekend with my beautiful wife, Danielle. Great Mother's Day yesterday. Gabriel, Ava was terrific. But it is Monday. Lots of you are pissed off. And certainly the content in the first 47 minutes of this show this morning didn't help with the Jordan Neely disaster and the migrants. But I've got a great guest hopping on now. He's become a, a great friend of my wife and I. Him and his brother, his brother Anthony, actually lives out by me in Bell Harbor. Frank Carone uh, spent uh, the first uh, year as Mayor uh, Eric Adams' chief of staff. Now he's got his own business. He's doing very, very well. But he knows politics as well as anybody. And, in fact, back in December, I guess, when Stephen Van Zant of the E Street Band invited Danielle and I to this wonderful police ball. It's an annual event. They gave Frank Carone an award that night. So here he is, the former chief of staff for Mayor Eric Adams and a good buddy of ours, Frank Carone. Frank, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. And, and, and uh, you, you, you said it right. Not everybody loves Monday, but it's a beautiful day and happy to be here. And great to spend that night with you and your wife in support of the men and women, both active and retired NYPD uh, and their children. It was a great night, and uh, Gary Bonds was terrific. And, you know, that'll bring us to uh, the Mayor Adams story that you want to get to, which is the mayor was at a commencement address for CUNY, doing something for CUNY. And he mentioned the fact, of course, that he was a cop for 22 years. And people go back and forth what kind of cop he was. I don't care. He was a cop for 22 years. And then these kids, these college kids, which are really, really becoming a huge issue in this country, they started booing the mayor. Now, I don't care if you like Eric Adams or not. You understand, Frank, a lot of my listeners don't like him. I don't care whether you like him or not. He's there. He's a public official. He's the mayor of New York City. He served this city as a police officer. And these snot-nosed kids who have done nothing in their lives up to this point, very disrespectful to boo the mayor. And I know you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I do. I do, Sid. And uh, it was disappointing to see. But just uh, what you said a moment ago, you're right. There, We know that there are many 
listeners and New York City citizens who both like the mayor and who disagree with the mayor. And one thing that if the mayor was here, he would say himself, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't run to become mayor so he could be liked and uh, agreed with by everyone. He says all the time, we say all the time, nine million New Yorkers and 35 million opinions. But he did become mayor to make a change and he believes in what he's doing. And yeah, I thought it was, you know, from from where, where I sit and the way I was uh, raised and the service in my family, my, my grandfather fought in the Battle of the Bulge. You could disagree without being disagreeable and being respectful. And just upon reflection and after the emotions died down a little, I said, well, what are the students really, what are these lawyers really, new lawyers, soon to be new lawyers, uh, what are they What are they doing? Well, it, it was broken down to, th- to three issues as I see it. One, as soon as he was announced as uh, a man who served in NYPD for 22 years wearing a bulletproof vest, that triggered the set of boots, the mere fact of his service. Second, was it that he made necessary and prudent what we call PEG requirements, which for those who don't know, PEG, the program to eliminate the gap. And that gap is the gap in the upcoming budget. The mayor has, and we've done this since, since day one, just did forecasts of upcoming budgets and said, look, we don't know the storm that's coming with the vacancies in office space and et cetera after COVID. And it looks as though the budget may take some pressure going forward. We need to cut 3% across the board objectively um, as best as we can, and agencies need to find those PEG requirements. So is that the second thing they were upset about? Or is it his position on the Jordan nearly incident, which I'll get to also in a moment? But all three of those uh, I could easily swat away and, and, and explain how they're all three misplaced and intellectually dishonest. Well, the Jordan, the only thing I have to tell you is where he's got a lot of New Yorkers upset. And look, you know that I forged a friendship with Eric Adams, but I'm I'm critical of Eric when I need to be. You know, you can't uh, call yourself a sanctuary city, Frank, and then bitch and complain about the migrant crisis. Can't be yelling and screaming about Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis, uh, DeSantis and then send people to Rockland County or to uh, our neighborhood in uh, Rockaway or these other places. So right there, he's coming off very inconsistent and not being truthful. Don't ever refer to yourself, by the way, as Biden of anything, let alone Biden of Brooklyn. But with the Jordan Neely thing, he was the only one, Frank, Mayor Adams, who came out and did a good job. Kathy Hochul, disgusting. Brad Lander, we'll get to him, horrible. Al Sharpton, gross. The only one that stepped up and said, hey, let's get the details, let's slow down. You know, the New York City subways aren't exactly all that safe, was Adams. And now it seems like he's done a complete 180. Now, all of a sudden, Jordan Neely is the greatest person God ever created. And if I hear one more time that he was black or brown, Frank, I don't care. That's become the story that a white guy killed a black guy. And every time Eric Adams uses the word racist in describing, you know, whether it's Ed Day or Governor Abbott, I think he's doing himself a disservice and black people. So while I commend Eric on some things he's done well and enjoy our friendship, these two stories in particular, he's not doing a great job, Frank. He's not. You know, so the, this incident, it's, it's one of those lightning rod incidents that just raises emotions depending on where you're sitting. But let's just talk about the three things that we know for certain. And, and I think this is where the mayor's position is derived from. The first is that a man is, is dead unnecessarily. The second, a man is arrested and presumed innocent. And the third, highlight of a mental health epidemic. You know, while I was on hold to come on just now, I just heard in uh, your advertisement, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So what is the what is the mayor doing with it just the other day? 
What he was trying to do uh, is raise awareness for just, as you say, mental health. Who has done the most for the Jordan Neely incident? Who is who is really using his bully pulpit the most? It's Mayor Adams. He has fought in Albany for appropriate tools to evaluate and treat the epidemic of mental illness after COVID, which are young people with smartphones, the weak laws. And he has said the fact is that persons who suffer often are unaware of their own inability to care for themselves and if they're a danger to themselves or others. And that's why he worked very hard in Albany. And unfortunately, at this point, there's still hope, but it's not yet passed the Supportive Intervention Act, which would give uh, the government, healthcare workers, professionals, the tools necessary to identify and treat those that are unable to treat for themselves. So he is using what he has to bring awareness. He's using this tragedy on all sides to bring awareness and make sure this did not happen in vain. So he believes, as I do, that wandering the street is not an answer to suffering. It's tragic irony. And you just have to ask yourself, where are the electeds who were uh, acting as activists when he was in Albany fighting for effective tools to treat those in need? Listen, I'm with you on that. And I think the last mayor, Bill de Blasio, and his crooked wife that basically stole $1.5 billion for that Thrive program. Truth is, if she spent that money, Frank, the way she should have, Jordan Neely never would have been on the streets. And I know Eric has tried at times to help with this issue. My issue is he goes to that race card, and he goes there very, very quickly. He said three times the last couple of days, this shouldn't be happening to black and brown people. I don't care what color Jordan Neely is. Quite frankly, I don't care what color Daniel Penny is. And again, Frank, I go back. Governor Abbott, he's a racist, white guy. Governor Day, he's an anti-Semite. And he says, by the way, there are more Jews in Rockland County than any place in this city. What do you mean he's an anti-Semite? So my issue is, yes, you're right. He is trying. He's developed plans. But when it doesn't go his way, everybody's a racist? Come on, Frank. Come on. No, you know, we, we both know our, we both know the mayor very, very well, and he's the furthest thing from using any cards at any time. And he's uh, the most humble, decent human being that I've come to know and very giving with himself. And if he's highlighting an issue, he's doing it because he believes in it, not because he's using any cards. And, and he's what I think he really genuinely – and we talked about this uh, uh, when I was – I was ill the other day, called to see how I was doing. And you know, the fact remains, he said to him, look, just – Stay, stay the course. Believe in yourself. Believe in what what your administration is about. It's about making systemic change, mental health, mental health illness, bring awareness, get the necessary tools. It's an epidemic. People are in the streets. They need help. They don't know they're a danger to themselves, to others, and there's no dignity in that. No, there's no dignity. That's true. So I did want to bring up uh, Frank Caron doing a real good job here. Uh, Brad Lander, the controller, he was another guy, like I mentioned earlier, that came out and wanted to give Daniel Penny the death penalty right away. But he, uh, you know, there's been a lot of protests, obviously, CUNY and all the things that uh, that you and I talked about when it comes to the budget, you know. And uh, Brad Lander is right there at the front of the line. From one day to the next, I can't really figure out what Brad Lander stands for. Now, I don't like him. Let me be fully transparent here, Frank. I don't like him. I think he's a bad guy and a horrible politician. What are your thoughts on the controller, Brad Lander? Well, let's talk about CUNY. As you see, uh, our controller was busy uh, acting as an activist, complaining about some of our peg, some of the city's peg cuts. But let's just talk about CUNY for a moment. What you don't see people saying is that this particular, this mayor, with enormous work by the administration behind the scenes, successfully had partnered with the governor to recreate a 1.5 million square feet, square foot block 
on Hunter College and 25th and 1st to create what's called SPARC, Science Park and Research Campus. This is the first life science campus, $1.6 billion project, which will recreate that campus from, from kindergarten through workforce development. This was six months ago. Six months ago, working tirelessly behind the scenes, partnering with the governor to build an incredible life science campus on a dilapidated campus now, which sits there uh, in that site. So, so you don't hear much about that work, but you do hear about an objective, prudent, required PEG requirements. But the controller knows better. He knows the numbers. He knows them all too well. What he should be speaking about is what is gonna, how is he handling the pension funds? How is he going to make sure that those, those retirees who worked uh, with dignity and trust have those returns necessary when they retire rather than championing or pounding his checks that just that CUNY cuts should be exempt? Is it just CUNY? Is it another agency? Which one? The mayor prudently chose across the board objectively to cut to save for a rainy day, which is absolutely necessary. And you'll ask the question as well, what is that, when is that rainy day coming? Perhaps when the real estate taxes are reset in two, two years, two to three years, when the numbers show that 40% vacancies in, in the office space and those all of those real estate prop, all those real estate properties, those taxes are reset and the, the city has less tax revenue to rely upon. All of this is are, are indicia and circumstances to be prepared for, and that's what the mayor is doing. So I find it completely inappropriate for the controller to act as an activist rather than a manager, safeguarding the city's retirees pension funds of which my mother is one of them and i and i'm worried for her her, her fund and i'm worried about her my my mother's husband and my family so i think the real uh work i, I like to see done by the controller is making sure that the retirees pension funds are liquid stable and there for them as they trust they will be i gotta tell you First of all, this is a great conversation when are you gonna run for office frank i mean, I mean you know this city as well as anyone it was a great privilege to serve. I was I'm so so incredibly grateful to the mayor to give me the opportunity. And then, by the way, the administration, they, they're, they're working. They are truly working tirelessly, 10, 20 hours a day, trying to struggle with uh, everyday problems. And it was a great, great privilege to serve this wonderful city, although you live in Queens, so we won't hold that against you. My <laughs> uh, I'm happy where I am in Brooklyn. Yeah, no, you live in a great place, too. Brooklyn, I, of course, I spent most of my life in Brooklyn. But uh, you guys are both great, you and uh, you and your brother. And I look forward to a bunch of weekends on the beach, whether it's my house, your brother's house, or wherever. Maybe Boca. I know your wife loves Boca, too. So uh, She loves Boca. Yeah, so does my daughter. Yeah, can't blame them. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was great having you on this morning. Keep coming back, okay, Frank? Really, this was terrific. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. There he is, a former chief of staff from Mayor Adams. He's really a super, super guy. My friend Frank Caron, him and his brother Anthony, two very, very good people.